Entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Here's Marty Wolf. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. My name is Marty Wolf, and I am your host for the Business Builders Show. With me today, our special guest is Stephen M. R. Covey. He wrote a phenomenal book. It's called Trust and Inspire. How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. Stephen M. R. Covey, welcome to the show. Hey, Marty. So wonderful to be on the show with you. Thank you for hosting me. It's uh, been looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to do a brief introduction because we want to get into the book. I've read the book two times and I've listened to it once already. Wow. So uh, it's... It's it's spectacular, Stephen. So congratulations. So introducing Stephen M. R. Covey is co-founder and CEO of Covey Link and of the Franklin Covey Global Trust Practice, and the author of the New York Times New York Times internationally best-selling book, The Speed of Trust, which I've also used that with my clients, Stephen. So your writing and your dad's writing has been impactful to me and my clients. Stephen is a sought-after keynote speaker, author, and advisor on trust, leadership, ethics, culture, and collaboration. So, Stephen, let's begin with the end in mind, okay? <laughs> and so let's go back to, I guess, the beginning. Um, what was your intention? What was your purpose? What was your goal in writing this book? And then... I would hope that we have kind of a goal that we'd like to accomplish in this interview. So what was the purpose? What was the goals when you wrote the book? Yeah, well, the goal was really this. It kind of grew out of my experience working with my father when, we, when he was living and we did some presentations together. And he'd always, you know, these are big audiences of people from all kinds of organizations, kind of an open public uh, forums. And he'd ask people, you know, how many of you believe that the vast majority of the people in your workforce have more talent, more ability, more energy, more intelligence, more creativity than their current job requires or even allows them to contribute? And almost every hand would go up with people saying, you know, people have a lot more that they could give. And then the second question would be, and how many and how many of you in your organizations believe that you're under, you know, more pressure to produce more with less than ever before? And again, almost every hand goes up. And so, you know, just look at that juxtaposition. People have to do more with less, and yet they're not even tapping into the capabilities and the talents of the people in their organizations. Kind of what's wrong mm. with this picture? And mm -hmm. the whole point is kind of the, the, the kind of leadership, the way we've been leading is not unleashing the capabilities, the talents, it's not tapping into all people are able to give. So this book is about how can we lead in a way that sees, communicates, develops, and unleashes the potential, the, the talent, the greatness that's inside of people so that we can use that to help you know, solve our problems, create our opportunities, run with the strengths. But it's already inside of people. We need leaders that can unleash that kind of talent and potential. So this is a book about 
how truly great leaders can unleash the greatness in others. That's the idea. And I think kind of the where you kind of started in terms of, um, I guess, the reasons why is that you have what you call the five emerging forces, five emerging forces. So we should probably share that with folks to kind of give them a little more background. You think so? Absolutely. These are kind of the forces of change that are encircling us today. First, the nature of the world has changed itself through technology. Think about it. The the pace of change, the amount of change, the type of change, disruptive technologies changing everything. Second, sure is. <laughs> the nature of the of work itself has changed. We're not in the industrial age anymore. We're in the knowledge worker age. We're, we're in the collaboration age or the interaction age. The, it, it, it's service oriented. It's more collaborative, more interdependent than ever before versus the old kind of industrial age mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Third, the nature of the workplace has changed, especially oh, yeah. post the pandemic. But even Certainly. before it was happening, but post the pandemic, you know, work for, and again, I know we're still in the middle of the pandemic, but, but work from home, work from anywhere, remote work, hybrid work, intentionally flexible work. The whole idea of a workplace is changing in front of our eyes. Fourth, the nature of the workforce has changed. We have more mm. diversity than ever before. As many as five generations at work with completely different expectations on how they want to be led. And yeah. fifth, the nature of choice has, has changed. We've gone from what we might call multiple choice to infinite choice. There's just mm. so many options, so many choices people have. And so that they can choose to, to work with a, in a, with a company and live in a completely different state and, and, um, or different part of the world and still work with that company that never was an option before. And so all these forces of change uh, that are upon us where, where you, you can't know everything, you know, with, with, no. the, with the changing pace of the world, um, where suddenly it really has changed everything. And it's made two things emerge for any organization today, you know, and, and this whole idea of, of what, what you're doing with, with, uh, the, you know, the business builders show you're building businesses. Any business is facing these issues. The first is how do we create a high trust culture yeah. that can attract, retain, engage, and inspire the best people and bring out the best in people so that we can win that war for talent. You know, attracting, keeping people is so critical today. A high trust culture is how we'll do it. Second, how can we collaborate and innovate so that we stay relevant in a changing world? Those are the imperatives, the two imperatives that emerge from those five forces. We got to we got to build a, a great culture that can so we get the best people, and we got to collaborate and innovate so that we don't fall behind to stay relevant. And my point is that command and control, the old style of leadership that maybe we did well in the past, that worked in the past won't work in solving those two epic imperatives. You can't command and control your way to high trust culture and you can't command and control your way to collaboration and innovation. We've got to move to a new kind of leadership and I'm calling it trust and inspire in contrast to command and control. And trust and inspire will enable us to build that kind of culture that inspires people, brings out the best in them and will enable the innovation, the collaboration, so that we stay relevant. That's why we need to lead in this new way. Stephen, I'm in full agreement. 
and I'm sure you're seeing it as I'm seeing it, there are some folks, some leaders, who are interested in moving towards that. And unfortunately, <laughs> you already know where I'm going. And unfortunately, <laughs> there are a lot of folks who are not. I guess in time, they'll see this comparison between command and control and trust and inspire. I think the reality of it will start to sh- will start to show itself in the workplace. You agree? It's going to absolutely. It's going to become increasingly evident yeah. that yeah. command and control is dying, if not dead. And people might cling to it, but what will happen is they'll be less and less relevant. Yeah. And they're gonna not they're gonna have a hard time keeping people. They're gonna have a hard time inspiring them. They're gonna have a hard yeah. time innovating. And 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 ultimately it will be manifest that you know what? Maybe it worked in the past, but it's not working anymore today. Not with all these changes that have hit us. Not with these yeah. that are upon us. And so you, what brought you, I love Marshall Goldsmith, where yeah. he said, what brought you here won't take you there. Right. And so maybe yeah. command and control worked in the past. And maybe you feel like, well, this is who I am. I'm good at this. But it's not going to be relevant with Gen Z and millennials in this new world of work. Yeah. So we need a new way to lead a new world to work. And if you're clean to the past, you'll become increasingly irrelevant. But the whole idea is less of a kind of saying you you have to change because of the threat and more like trust and inspire is such a better way to lead that will yeah. engage and energize people and bring out the best in them, bring energy and joy to them. Absolutely. And um, you, you've used the word inspire not only in your book several times. So I, I would like for you to talk a little deeper because I love this separation, the way you did this. Tell us more about motivation versus inspiration. I love yeah. that, the way you separated that. Talk to us about that. Yeah, the, the idea is to say, look, motivation is kind of external. It's extrinsic. And so you're trying to move people through rewards, through punishments, and, and get them to do things motivate them externally, extrinsically through incentives and the like to get them to do things, carrot and stick. And, and um, not necessarily a bad thing. It, it's, it can be helpful and the like, but it's got its limits. Does it work? Sure. It motivates people to want to get more rewards. I think Daniel Pink said that he's been on your show. And, he's been and, on uh, the show. Good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. You, you want to get more rewards, but, but the problem is you got to keep throwing more carrots at it, more sticks to, to try to get people to, to do that. So it's it requires a lot of ongoing stimulus to, to make it work. Yeah. The idea of, of inspiration is that it's internal. It's intrinsic. It's inside of people. Our job is to breathe life into them and to ignite the fire that's within. And the great thing about inspiration, because it's intrinsic, if you ignite the fire within someone and help them find it within themselves that can that can burn on for years yeah. and without the need to constantly coming back to more incentives more carrots more sticks this this can just really just be a game changer for them and and um so i love the latin word for inspire inspirare which means to breathe life into yeah so when we inspire so when we breathe life into the relationship into the into the team, into the culture, as opposed to command and control tends to suck the life out of. 
And you know, that's the idea, but it's internal versus external. And you've made the point here and in the book that it's already in them. We don't have to create something. It's already in them. So stay with that for a minute because yeah. I, I may be jumping around a little bit. Forgive me. That's great. Um, but I think you said it. I think I'm saying it right. It's in the book. But I've already used this uh, with several people, and I've given you credit. I said I love this from the book I just read, read from Stephen M. R. Covey. Greatness is in the seed. Greatness is in the seed. Wow. Talk to me about that. Yeah. It's the metaphor that, that you know, as a leader, you're a gardener. And you're trying to create the conditions for the seed to flourish. But you, the, the power, the greatness is not in you, the gardener. It's in the seed. Yeah. And your job as a gardener, as a leader, is to be a gardener, create conditions for that seed to be able to grow, to flourish, to blossom. But don't try to think it's about you. The power, the greatness is in the seed. And the life is in the seed. You're just trying to create the conditions for that seed to flourish. What a major paradigm shift if we could get one person that's listening to us right now. If we could get one person, I don't try to reach thousands and thousands of people, Stephen. I try to reach one. I love it. And if we do that, and five years from now, somebody heard Stephen M. R. Covey say that, and they report back to you in a few years and say, I heard that and I made changes. Isn't that what this is all about? Precisely. Absolutely. Marty, I couldn't agree more that that, um, the whole idea of trust and inspire is that, that this is a better way to lead. And if you, I would just ask our listeners and viewers to reflect upon maybe a person in your life who you would call a trust and inspire person or a trust and inspire leader in your life, someone who believed in you, someone who maybe took a chance on you, someone who, who maybe believed in you more than you believed in yourself, gave you an opportunity, trusted you, inspired you. It could be a family member, parent, or could be a friend, a neighbor, could be someone at work, anyone, a mentor, a coach, but someone who saw your potential and really helped you come to see your own potential. And they believed in you and gave you that opportunity. My guess is most of us have had someone like that, maybe more yeah. than one. As you reflect back upon that person, think of what that did for you. And, and how you've responded to it. I'll, I'll bet it brought the very best out in you and you wanted to prove it justified and, and did your very best work. You didn't need to be managed because you were being led by someone who yep. believed in you. And so my, my reciprocal is, and this is the idea you just shared. What if, just like someone has been that for you and maybe more than one, maybe there's been several people, what if you could be that kind of person, that kind of leader, for another. And maybe mm-hmm. just pick one relationship in your yeah. life, personal or professional, whatever, whatever you feel compelled, where you would say, what if I could become a trust and inspire leader to my child or to my colleague or to this person? What if I could become that kind of leader for them, just like someone has been for me? If you could do it with one, you could do it with many. And 
And that'll keep going and keep going. And I have pictures right in yep. front of me I cause, of my cousin, Eddie. Both people have passed away. My cousin, Eddie, who I'm looking at right now, who I always prayed to before I started an interview because he had so much faith in me. Wow. And my coach, my high school basketball coach, I'm looking right at him, who put me in. And, and as a result of that, I ended up playing on a state championship basketball team because of Coach Burke. Okay, so we are listening to or watching Stephen M. R. Covey. His outstanding book is Trust and Inspire. I'm holding up Trust and Inspire, How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. Stephen, a website that you want to drive people to, which, what would that be? Yeah, trustandinspire.com. Excellent. That's and it's easy. It's the name of the book. And yeah. there we've got some tools, resources, and and, yep. and videos, things you can use that are really practical. I've already mentioned that I've read it twice uh, in preparation I, for this. I, I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened I've listened to it also. I, I do that often. Like I, again, going back to the Seven Habits book, I I've met I must have read this 150 times. But <laughs> even when I'm going to a client, if I'm on whatever, I'm on habit five or something, I'm going to a client, I'm listening to it for I don't know how many times. I think that's important. And I think your book warrants that too. People are going to get this right out of the gate, listening to this yeah. and or reading this. But this is the kind of thing you'll want to do over and over again. Take to your, to your organization. Okay. So you mentioned the CEO of Microsoft more than once in the book. So yeah. you are impressed. <laughs> And, and uh, apparently he is a trust and inspire leader. So talk to us about that. Absolutely. Satya Nadella, a great example of a trust and inspire leader. In fact, I just saw just this in the last week, um, Microsoft was honored for highest return on leadership. They're being recognized wow. for you know extraordinary leadership. And it starts with Satya right at the top and Kathleen Hogan, his chief uh, uh, people officer, human resource officer, and and um, and the culture that they built. But when Satya came in, um, he he was inheriting a company that kind of was seen as maybe dating yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're still they're still big, obviously Microsoft, but they were not quite as relevant as they had been. Not quite as, quite as cool a place to work. Having a harder Correct. time keeping the talent. Not innovating as much. But in comes Satya Nadella with a growth mindset, not just for himself, but for everyone. He saw the potential, the greatness in people and and saw that his job was to create the conditions to unleash that potential, that greatness. And he did exactly that. He modeled the behavior with great humility, courage and humility, but also with empathy, great listener. And then he trusted people and extended trust to people. He was trusting not just trustworthy, which he was, but also trusting, gave yeah. the trust to people. And then he inspired people. How? By connecting with people through caring and belonging. And he really focused on that, but also with uh, connecting people to purpose. Mm, you know, so important. Purpose an organization. And that inspires yeah. them. And yeah. this combination of modeling, trusting, and inspiring kind of unleashed uh, the capabilities, the talents that was inside of Microsoft, the seed, you know, the seeds were there. The greatest right. was there. He created the conditions for it to flourish and they revitalized their organization. And um, today they are winning in the workplace. You know, that first imperative, the high trust culture that inspires, they're seen yep. as a great, cool place to work again. They're also winning in the marketplace because they're innovating. They're the cloud powerhouse. They, they recently yep. hit 
$2 trillion in market capitalization. Wow. One of only two companies to ever do that. And, and, yeah. um, and their stock price under his leadership has dramatically improved. But, it, but this revitalization, this unleashing of the power, the capabilities, the greatness inside the people, inside the company was done through his leadership style. And yes, there was strategy, there was other things, but his style is what unleashed the capabilities, the potential of the seed, the power that was in the seeds everywhere. Yeah. So you queued me up for something else. You talk about um, the uh, idea of your your intent uh, you know, versus, um, I'm losing my train of thought, but you talk about the intent as opposed to what you're actually doing, right? So yep. talk to me about that. Yeah. The, the premise is don't let your style get there in the way go. of your intent. Thank you. <laughs> and use, most people's intent, most leaders' intent is good. You know, we want to help. We want to build the business. It's, this is business builders. So we want to grow the people. Usually we have good intent. But oftentimes our style gets in the way of that intent where we might really care about people, but sometimes the style doesn't demonstrate it or show it. Or we might really say, look, I want to both get the result and build a relationship, but sometimes our style, how we yeah. go about doing it, gets in the way of that. And this is kind of a nice way of saying, look, most people's intent is good, but oftentimes our style gets in the way of it. And yeah. so this is staying, we might have a style that's more kind of old school, more yeah. of the command and control, and even the the better version of it, the enlightened command and control. and but our intent might be that I really do want to see the greatness. I see the power in the seed and the people I want to unleash it, but I don't know how, <laughs> or, or I'm not very good at it. Or I, you know, I'm, I'm worried that what if it doesn't work and lots of reasons that might get in the way. But, yeah. And I'm just trying to make it safer for people to say your intent is good, but maybe your style is getting in the way. So change your style, improve your style, rescript, you know, you can move from command and control to trust and inspire and have a style of leadership that's more relevant for our world today. That's the yeah. idea that, you know, and my dad started this with habit one, be proactive, that yeah. we are not a program. We are a programmer. So we can write a new program. And so we are not our style. We can choose and change our style and we can, uh, you know, rescript and create a new style, trust and inspire that's going to be timely and relevant for leading today. Two thoughts in response to that, and we've already kind of alluded to this, maybe we actually said it, that it really starts with me. It starts with inside of the, the one person. If you're listening to this, watching this, if you're reading the book, it's not external. It's not somebody else. something else that somebody else has to do. It's something you have to decide to do. And the second thing I want you to comment on is it's not a light switch. If you've been doing something for 20 years, you know, if and and you and it had some level of success, okay? And you address this in the book. But now you're seeing maybe you're being forced to see it, or maybe the book inspired you. It takes time. Am I right there, Stephen? Yes, on both fronts, it does take time. Um, you know, old paradigms can live on for a long time, yeah. and and um and um and even if they're kind of proven to not be as effective. We can get good at something. We have a pattern and way, and it takes time to shift. And I also this, I'd say that that to know and not to do 
is not to know. Sometimes we kind of know we need to do it, but we're just not there yet in actually putting it into action, into practice. It takes time. So it is a journey. And I I like that because it's more generous to ourselves that, that, uh, you know, we've got a good intent, but maybe we haven't quite caught up our style with our intent. And so we see ourselves as on the journey of becoming a trust and inspire leader. But I'll tell you what, for many, they might truly be a trust and inspire person, a generosity Mm. of their hearts and it's in Mm -hmm. them. And maybe they're just learning more. How do I do this in an organizational setting and still make sure I have control to get the job done? You know, because we, we got to get the results and we want to do it in a way that grows the people. And how do I build those agreements? So I do think that to see it as a journey is a really useful thing as opposed to kind of all or nothing. Yes or no. It's usually it's yeah. a process. Of getting it's there. not either or. It's, it's not either it's or. And you yeah, got to take one step at a time and be kind to yourself. Be very yeah. kind to yourself. See yourself you know, as on the journey. And yeah. what matters more is, the, is, your, is your intent. Intent matters more than technique. Intent matters more than style. That, but, but I do say, if you can match your style with your intent, then that's when you'll be hitting your sweet spot. That's where you'll be into flow and you'll be able to find that you're able to lead at a whole nother level and unleashing the greatness. But I love what you came back to as, as the main point is that high trust teams and cultures are created from the inside out. It yeah. starts with each of us looking in the mirror and, you know, saying, am I, you know, it's not waiting on everybody else to change because you might, you might be a, a a leader of a team or, or manager. And, and, uh, and you might say, well, this sounds like a good idea, but it's not going to work in my company (laughs) or with my boss or in our industry (laughs) or in our industry. We're a command and control industry and with heavy compliance and, and, you know, regulation, but you know what you could be, um, a island of excellence in a sea of mediocrity. You could be a, an island of high trust in a sea of distrust. You can be the model that can become the mentor. You always go inside out and don't think the problem is out there, everybody else. Mm. See it as that I'm going to look in the mirror, not out the window, and I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to give people an example of a trust and inspire leader. And that maybe others can get hope from that you can do this. That's the main takeaway is that this is trust and inspire is happens from the inside out. So my job as a leader is to go first. Go first. Yes. Go first. Um, I was going down that road. So you said it. Go first. You have, and, and sometimes that takes a little courage. Um, takes you, a little you, courage. you know, again, it's the famous word, the paradigm. And, and if you're looking for someone else to solve it, it's, it's not going to come from there. But here's another thing, what you've just said, and I've experienced this as you have. You've worked with companies. I've experienced this firsthand. That becomes, some, that becomes a very distinctive part of the company. You become more distinctive to your customers and to your vendors when they see this. I've, been, I've helped companies write visions that had purposes in them and mission yeah. statements. And I'm telling you, we've gone to private equity groups, and the private equity groups have said, wow, we've never seen anything like this before. Well, it may not be exactly trust and inspire, but it's close to it. And it's moving towards it. That becomes a distinctive factor. I, I'm sure you've seen that also. Absolutely. It is a differentiator mm-hmm. because you are modeling what's possible and yeah. you're tapping into purpose, into meaning, into contribution. And that's, that's, that taps into the whole person. 
That's why people want to be inspired because they're not just an economic being. They're whole people with a body, a heart, a mind, a spirit. So they want to be inspired. They want to have purpose. They want to have significance. They want to matter. And Trust and Inspire is trying to tap into that. And it is distinctive. And when it's there, people are drawn to it like a magnet. And it's truly, it inspires them. And you'll not only attract and retain the best people, you'll engage and inspire them. And you'll bring out the best in them. And then when, when others look at this, they'll look at you as a model of what's possible. And Absolutely. you'll be distinctive. And when Absolutely. you're a model, you can become a mentor. You can literally lift others up and, and improve society ultimately by just looking in the mirror, starting with yourself. I've seen people, customers, well, I'll say I'm customer service people. They're engineers, but they're, they're talking to customers. Have, I've, heard, I've heard conversations they've had, and I'm going like, wow. I mean, they've used words like win-win, and they've, you know, have, they're having yeah. conversations. You can't tell me that's not a differentiator. It is, and, it, and they're the ones that have the relationships because they see that company. Again, we're used the words as somebody who they can trust. And actually, they're inspiring their 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 vendor or their customer, one at a time. Yep, you can literally one relationship at a time be the catalyst to yeah. bring about the change by you modeling and you going first. You know, the whole idea is that well, it takes two or more people to have trust. It only takes one to start. And see, each of us can be <laughs> that good. one, and and yeah. you can be the one that also, if you want more trust in the or in, on the team, then model both trustworthiness, but also model trusting, yeah. uh, being willing it's to important. extend to others and, and have that first truster advantage yeah. of when you give it, what that does to people, even with partners and suppliers and distributors, when you model that you, that you extend trust to them and believe in them, they tend to perform better and, and give it back. You know, you got to be smart about it. I, I call it sure. smart. Sure. You know, use good judgment, but someone needs to go first. It takes courage. You, you were right. But, but there's a huge advantage when you lead out this way. First, truster advantage. Wow, I love that. So, uh, so let's give them some, uh, I guess I'll say practical. You, towards the end yes. of the book, you say, hey, look, I, I've heard them all before. We can't do it here. We can't do it. Here's the myths. Here's the problems. Here's what you So I don't want to go in deep into that. Read the book. You have to read the book, folks. Um, but maybe this would help them if you talked about the difference or these distinguishing thing between um, a thing paradigm and a people paradigm. That might be something fundamental for them to get their heads wrapped around. I, I think so. I, and this could be one takeaway, this mindset that could really make a difference for you, any, any of our listeners and viewers as leaders. And the whole idea is that command and control operates with a thing paradigm where you manage people and things. Trust and Inspire operates from, with a people paradigm where you manage things, but you lead people. See, it's not either or, it's and. We need good management. We need great management. Absolutely. We also need great leadership. What yeah. we need, though, is great management of things, of yeah. systems, of processes, of structures, of finances, and calendars, and inventories, Absolutely. and strategies. You manage things. You lead people. But the problem is we become so good at management. We start to manage people as if they were things. <laughs> and when yeah. you manage people like they're things, you'll end up 
probably with no people and a lot of things because people don't, won't want to be there. Yeah. People don't want to be managed. People want to be led. Yeah. They want to be trusted. They want to be inspired. So the key distinction is manage things, lead people, be efficient with things, be effective with people. The moment yeah. you try to be efficient with people, you'll lose your effectiveness. I would suggest you read uh, both books by Stephen M. R. Covey. Uh, Speed of Trust is a good one to start. Again, I've already read that and, and we've used that. I've used that in a couple organizations as a piece. Who, and these organizations that I work in, not all of them succeed because some of them simply don't listen or learn, <laughs> as you well know, Stephen. Uh, they do. The ones who stayed with it. And but I also trust and inspire truly is it's 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 something new that's added to a strong foundation, new insights, new building blocks for today's workforce, for today's leaders. Stephen talked at the beginning of the, the five emerging uh, forces going on in our world. It's no clue to leaders that. You now have a hybrid workplace. You now have people who are overseas, whatever is going on. Okay. You need, you need, I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Forgive me. You need to look at things differently. So Trust and Inspire by Stephen M. R. Covey. The subtitle is How Truly Great Leaders and Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. So Stephen, let's wrap up. And uh, I always like to just ask people, I, I loved our conversation, but we may have missed something that you want to make sure that you want to drive home. Um, or something to make it even more memorable than it always is. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you, and you can kind of give us some parting words. I would just say this, that, that I love what you said earlier, Marty. We're on a journey. It's not kind of a light switch on and off. It's, it's, a, it's a process. Um, but the key to becoming a trust and inspire leader is to first become a trust and inspire person. So start in your home, start yeah. in your neighborhood, in your community, see the potential in people. Because um, I love the th quote by Thoreau, it's not what you look at, it's what you see. So when you look at someone, whether a family member or a friend or someone at work, do you see their potential? Do you see the greatness that's inside of them? Do you see the seed with the potential for greatness? Because if you don't see it, they're going to probably have a hard time seeing it themselves and you sure. certainly can't unleash it. But if you do see it, then you could communicate it to them so they can come to see it. Then you could develop it by giving them opportunities and development and trusting them that gives them opportunities. And then you could unleash it to, to help build the, the organ, the business, the organization and themselves. And so um, I would just say that let's just start with that simple paradigm that that as a, as a trust-inspired leader, I believe that people have greatness inside of them. So my job as a leader is to unleash their potential, not to try to control them. And if that's the mindset, if, that, if you just start with that, I think you'll see the world in a whole new light. If your job as a leader, you're a gardener, not a mechanic. You're creating conditions for that seed to flourish, for the people to flourish, the power. The life is in the people, in the seed. Stephen M. R. Covey, his book again is Trust and Inspire, How Truly Great Leaders Unleash, Unleash Greatness in Others. 
Stephen, thank you so much for being a guest on the Business Builder Show. It's been a remarkable conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marty, for hosting me. I've had a lot of fun. I appreciate all you're doing, Marty, to build businesses and also build leaders. Thank you for listening to The Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Find all our shows and many other great podcasts at businessbuildersmedia.com. That's businessbuildersmedia.com.